Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Peak Northwest, an outdoors and travel podcast by the Oregonian and Oregon Live, dedicated to the adventure and exploration of our beautiful Pacific Northwest. I'm Jamie Hale. And I'm Vicki Connor. Together, we take you to some of the most beautiful and interesting destinations in our region, discussing where to go, what to do, and places to see. And today, we are continuing our spooky season exploration, and we're headed to one of the creepiest destinations in the Pacific Northwest, the old military batteries along the Columbia River. That's right, Vicky. If you want to take a day trip to a truly hair-raising place, you can't do much better than these old military batteries situated around the mouth of the Columbia River. They, it, it, they're like caves, but so much creepier. Um, Vicky, have you have you been out to any of these batteries? You know, I've been to Fort Stevens State Park, but that is pretty much it. Okay, but these military batteries, and of course, we're not talking about batteries like double A's. Um, we're, t- we're talking about <laughs> these military like bunkers, right? These like big concrete bunkers where you might um, have uh, guns or store ammunition or to protect the area. So these mm-hmm. are were, these are like these these forts erected around the mouth of the Columbia River between like 1863 and 1904. So kind of like you know post Civil War, and the thought was like the mouth of the Columbia River is like this hot spot for ships coming in for enemy ships, whether it's British ships sailing in or it's Japanese submarines. This is like an area that got a lot of attention, so they created. Um, at three different sites around the mouth of the Columbia River, these forts and bunkers to create what they called a triangle of fire in case any enemies came in. They could sort of triangulate the attack and stop it. So that's, in a nutshell, what these places are. How, mu- how much action did these <laughs> sites see? Not not a lot. So it's, it's not like they're not like creepy because so many people died there. Yeah. That that didn't really happen. As you know, we, we may know there's not a whole lot of like, you know, um war history in that time um in Oregon. There was the uh, one of them at Fort Stevens State Park, um, a Japanese sub did surface and fire onto the land, you know, um some sort of projectile onto the land and just missed. I think it hit like a, a baseball field. But that was like, you know, one of the few attacks on mainland America from like a Japanese submarine. So 
claim to fame, but nobody, nobody got injured or killed. So basically these are just places where like soldiers were stationed. A lot of guns were stationed, a lot of ammunition, um, but nothing really happened there. So, you know, before long, like after world war two, um, they mm -hmm. just kind of, uh, gave up on them. They said, you know, these, we don't really need these anymore. Um, and they decommissioned all of these. So the military pulled out and just left these concrete bunkers and batteries just sitting there um, in these various forts that are now state park sites. How many of these have you been to, Jamie? I, I want to say I've been to most, but not all of them. And you know, just because like, I go to these state parks, right? I go to Fort Stevens um, or so the, the, where they are, they're at Fort Stevens State Park in Astoria and Cape Disappointment State Park just across the river in Washington. And then there's um, a third park. Um, it's kind of like on the way to Cape Disappointment, uh, which is Fort Columbia Historical State Park. Um, that's the one I haven't spent as much time at. But, you know, I, I did spend some time at like at Cape Disappointment and just walking around and seeing everything. So there's like lighthouses and there's trails and there's beaches and cool places to do storm watching. And there's these old crazy military batteries that are just like historical landmarks. Um, and I feel like if you're a history buff, they're very cool for that reason where you can say, oh, wow, they built these things or you're like a military person. Like every grandpa in your life loves this stuff. Um, you know, it, it's it, that, that's kind of, I think, the attraction. But when I was walking through some of these places, like there's one at Forts at um, Cape Disappointment called Battery 247. Um, and it sits atop like this, um, this hill called McKinsey head, which is also known for like mm -hmm. Lewis and Clark went there and that was a, a spot. Um, but it's just like this big bunker built into the hillside with like this big, long, dark tunnel running through it. And I, I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll just walk through this big, dark tunnel. But of course, like I didn't, I didn't plan on this. I didn't bring a flashlight or anything. So you walk in and it's just like really quite far to the other end. You can just sort of see the light on the other side. And I'm the only one there. I'm, I'm, I'm walking through this dark concrete tunnel. My footsteps echoing against the walls. Can't really see a lot, but I can see enough to know that there are like a series of small rooms, like small open rooms off to either side and like a whole other side tunnel there. And I know, I know no one's going to like jump out at me from those rooms. Um, but the fact that somebody very easily could is enough to like make me um, a little nervous walking through enough to make me pick up my pace a little bit as I'm going through the other side. Um, and, you know, it's kind of like cool and dark and damp and you can hear like, you know, water drops in the distance, echoing through this whole place. Terrifying, absolutely terrifying. <laughs> if you have like a mean friend in your life who loves to scare you, this is where they're going to do that thing to scare you. Um, and I'm just so glad I don't have those people in my life um, because I, <laughs> that's a horrifying thought. So I, made, I finally made it to the other end of the tunnel and there was like this, it was just sort of opened up in this clearing where there was like, you know, a, you know, it used to be, I guess, a big gun or cannon or some kind of big, large artillery. But now it's just sort of this empty socket in the land. And like, you know, there's plants growing out of it and, um, you know, just ferns everywhere. 
And it was very kind of interesting and beautiful. There was a nice view of the ocean. Um, but it was also uh, a dead end, which meant I had to walk back through the long, dark tunnel um, to get back out. And that's kind of the general vibe at a lot of these places. Um, dark tunnels, weird doors, like big, heavy metal doors are like weird rusted where like the rust stains are like dripping down like blood red to the, the ground. And they're all like, all these doors are locked for some reason. And you're like, what, what's in there now? Um, you know, and it just, it brings up more questions than answers. And just something about like all of the rusted metal and concrete and dark tunnels in this like dark forested landscape of that part of the coast is, I don't know, it's terrifying to me. I was about to say like, you know, we, we were describing this as a really creepy place, but it sounds like for the most part, no, you know, no death tolls happened here or no significant events took place to inherently be creepy. It's just the fact that it's more or less abandoned and dark and eerie. That's right. right. That's right. No, no <laughs> hauntings that I know of. Like I, I, I don't. I've never. I'm not, I haven't heard any ghost stories about these places. Um, it's just. It, it's you know. You know how like a cave is creepy because it's dark and cavernous, and there might be stuff in there you don't know. Um, this is like a cave, but it's man-made, and that somehow makes it even creepier. I don't know. Like the the fact that it's like not of the natural environment is also a little off-putting and like a nature is like taking it back. It's like old ruins. Um, mm. I don't know. It, it's, it's very odd, very eerie, but these are like, you know, signed attractions at these state parks, places where they're like, Oh, come check out the military batteries. And they are also very interesting. So how does this, how does it go from being decommissioned to part of a state park? Well, you know, the state park buys up land, right? So I, I don't know the exact history of, of these each of these various landscapes and how it all worked. But, I mean, the military says basically, hey, we're pulling out of this. Um, they, I'm sure, owned that land at, at that point um, or they were on that land. State park says, hey, we'll swoop in. We'll buy that land. It's part of this state park. I mean, you look at Fort Stevens um, and Cape Disappointment especially. Um, these are places in beautiful stretches of the coastline. Um, I mean, those are two of the, the most spectacular state parks in, in the region. Um, so it's a natural place to, to bring people, to have campgrounds, to bring tourists, to, you know, to get pictures of the ocean, to go on hikes. Uh, they're, they're really spectacular places. So I think by pulling out of these military batteries, the military did a great favor to the people of the Northwest um, by freeing up this land, which is now like, incredible places to go recreate or stay the night not to stay the night in the military batteries that's i think <laughs> i mean do what you want but i think i think that's not allowed but like also yeah. it's unwise i think yeah don't actually do what you want <laughs> probably might you might get in a little trouble yeah. if you do that so what do you think the attraction in going to these you know decommissioned military batteries is, you know, they're not in use anymore. And yes, they're a piece of history, but why, why, why do people go out to these 
kind of abandoned places. I mean, I think there's an attraction to abandoned places in general, right? I, I, there's some sort of human draw to um, these these places that have been lost to time or that, that people aren't there anymore. There's, I think, a freedom people enjoy in exploring places that um, are, are, you know, have, people have sort of left behind. Um, it's interesting, I think, too, to see nature slowly take over these spots. I mean, you know, you think about ruins that are in like the, you know, the Amazon um, or any of those lush jungles. And this is kind of not to that extent, but you can still see like our rainforest here, like taking over, you know, growing out of the crumbling walls and, and uh, out of all the old, you know, gun turrets and that kind of stuff. And it's very interesting. So I think there's that. And, you know, like I said, the history aspect of it, the fact that it's history that we don't know very well, it's not like a famous battlefield and it's not like, you know, uh, a famous fort. It's not even like, you know, Fort Vancouver where a lot of stuff happened. These are these places that were like a lot of stuff could have happened, but didn't happen. Um, and so I think as a result, there's just not a lot of general knowledge about what happened here. Um, and that's that's interesting to folks to, to find new history from this era in in Northwest. For sure. Or people who aren't history buffs to leave it up to their imagination. About what could have there. <laughs> yeah. Again, nothing nothing bad has happened here. But like when I'm in there, the thought that like something could happen. <laughs> It's sheer fantasy, right? But the idea that like, you know, s someone could be in one of these rooms, it's like going through a haunted house that's not advertised as a haunted house, right? It's like, instead of having a haunted house, someone's just like, oh, here's this really old abandoned house. Just walk through it. Nothing's there, <laughs> but just walk through it and just, uh, just think about that. <laughs> so, you know, we talk about this being the, the triangle, what is it? Triangle of fire? Was that what you called it? Yeah. Triangle of fire. That's right. Okay. So- how close are these locations actually to one another? Where exactly are is this? They're very close. Okay, so to kind of go rattle them off here, if you're in um, Astoria, which I think most people are familiar with, um, you go out to the coast just west of Astoria, you get to Fort Stevens State Park. And the batteries there are kind of arranged around the um, mouth of the Columbia River. So you're going to see some uh, there's at least one that kind of faces out towards the ocean, but then there's a bunch of them that are kind of just on the inside of the jetty there. And there's a bunch of sort of, uh, there's a lot of batteries there um, at that spot. And there's also some, some historical information. So if you're like looking to get the lowdown on like what these batteries are, you want to see like a little museum, a little more information, um, Fort Stevens, their historic area there has all that information. You can do a nice little um, easy walk around those batteries, um, you know, see, see some cool stuff. I think those are some of the older ones there as well. So mm -hmm. that's, that's one spot. I think that's kind of like the, the primary spot. So if you're back in Astoria though, and you cross the uh, bridge, the Astoria Megler bridge into Washington, and then you go West from there, you'll really quickly get to Fort Columbia historical state park. Um, there's some nice walking paths around here as well. And here's, you're going to find another sort of small collection of batteries. So that's like a nice, if you want to just pull off and you're on the road, um, you want to just see some information, um, check mm -hmm. out Fort Columbia. There's some historical information. There's these batteries. Um, that's kind of your, your next stop on this road. And there's also some nice hiking trails up there as well. 
Mm-hmm. And if you just keep continuing west down the highway, it's 101 right there, um, you'll reach Cape Disappointment State Park. And in Cape Disappointment, you'll find some of these other batteries here um, within the park. Battery 247, like I said, is sort of like the the main one, the one that really creeped me out the most. <laughs> but there's uh, also a place uh, called um, a Battery Harvey Allen, um, which is at the uh, Lewis and Clark Interpretive Center in the southern portion of the park. Oh. Um, and that's sort of a, a broader cl- complex of bunkers and things if you want to see some more, uh, more of the kind of architecture of this. So those are your three main places to see these kinds of batteries um, in this part of the Northwest. It should be said, it's not the only place you can see old military batteries. If you go up into sort of the uh, Puget Sound area, there are other batteries there. There's, I believe, another triangle of fire up there. So, uh, you know, I know I've, I've checked out some of the military batteries there around like, you know, Port Townsend and that, that area there uh, around sort of the Salish Sea. And uh, so if you want to see more, my God, there's more military batteries to see. But this little collection around the mouth of the Columbia, I think, is, is pretty interesting and really easy to, to see in a day. And like your experience, you can go and explore on your own. Uh, but it looks like at least at Fort Stevens, there are seasonal guided tours you can actually join. Yeah. If you, again, if you want more information, that spot at Fort Stevens, that historical area, that's the place to go. That's the spot where you can really, if you want to nerd out on like, you know, Civil War, World War II stuff, if that's your thing, which I know for a lot of people, that's their thing. That's a place to go and, you know, learn to your heart's content all about these things. If you want to just go look at them, very easy to do. Anytime the parks are open, you can just wander around, take a look, Um, you know, check out the creepy dark corridors and honestly get some really nice ocean views as well. They're often these really beautiful places. So, um, you know, it's it's not just about the creepy vibes. It's also about the beautiful vibes, the beautiful nature uh, you have in that part of the country. It's an interesting contrast, the two, mm-hmm. you know? Okay, so we'd be remiss not to mention the, the uh, graveyard of the Pacific. What exactly are we talking about? Yeah, so the, the mouth of the Columbia River is, is notorious for being so dangerous for ships coming in. There have been so many shipwrecks there that they've called it the graveyard of the Pacific, which is... When thinking about these batteries, it's kind of crazy to me that they're like, we got to stop enemy ships from coming in here when like, it's hard enough for friendly ships to get in there. Like even to this day, if you're coming in over the Columbia bar, you need, you need like a, uh, someone, a, a ship to guide you in. Um, because still so many people shipwreck there, um, or they have a hard time getting in. So you can see and find a lot of shipwrecks in this area. Uh, a lot of them are underwater, of course, but like, you know, the, the shipwreck at Fort Stevens State Park, um, notorious, um, very famous. And it gives kind of, I think, it just shows by example what kind of stuff happens there. Um, but, I mean, you're, you're talking about the biggest ocean in the world meeting the biggest river in the West. Um, that's a, a crazy combination. Um, the kind of power that runs through there is immense. So, naturally, you're going to get um, you know, a lot of, a lot of ships going down and unfortunately a lot of people losing their lives because of it. Right. Exactly. It's, I mean, as someone who doesn't know a whole lot about ships or about like big boats, <laughs> like the, you see them out there and you, you feel like, oh, they're, they're safe. They're just in the water. 
Um, it should be so easy. But reading these shipwreck stories about like, oh, they got blown off course or they ran aground a little bit and then just got stuck, you know, and just got like stuck on the beach and couldn't do anything about it until, you know, they just had to like take the boat apart um, or leave some parts of it there. Uh, that's crazy to me. Um, and the fact that it's still, it's not like a thing that happened in, you know, 1910 exclusively that it happens in the 21st century, um, or even big examples like that's, that's crazy to me. And, uh, if you're ever questioning, uh, this graveyard of the Pacific, not too long ago, we had a story about this coast guard rescue about (laughs) a ship that was out there and the story itself, you know, we needed a whole nother hour to really get into the details of this story, but the video footage from this rescue, the waves are so huge Mm -hmm. and just like absolutely battering this ship until you see this coast guard guy like swimming out into it. Um, but that right there, you know, Graveyard of the Pacific is truly in that video right there. That's the, the thing. There's like something about the power of nature involved in all of this. Like people have gone out to this mouth of the Columbia and they've built jetties and they've taken in ships and they've made shipping lanes and they've built these bunkers and, you know, enemy sub came and it fired on it and all this crazy human history there. But the the powerful forces of nature are still so strong and so present that it can wash away a lot of that stuff in an instant. You come with your big boat, you know, think you're going to come right into the mouth of the river and it's just gone. It's just sunk. Um, these old bunkers they built to last and to withstand enemy attacks, you know, the, the plants are taking them over. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, the, the power of nature and this particular area is so strong. Um, that it's, it's honestly, it, it's, it's awesome. Um, it's, it's really cool to go, um, and just get a feel for that, whether it's the waves or it's just the plants that are there. So true. I, I don't think of myself as someone who has a fear or aversion of like bodies of water, but sometimes when I get to thinking about <laughs> the ocean and how vast <laughs> it is, just like, Woo! I'm not going swimming in the uh-uh. ocean. <laughs> Don't think too hard about it. Just appreciate it from the beach. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And uh, you know, make your make your way home. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so for folks who want to check out uh, any of this, and this whole area is really great this time of year, especially. Um, I know it's a bit rainy. If you can get your raincoat on, um, you get your layers on. It's a really great spot to go do some storm watching safely, of course, um, to go to some of these, these state parks at the mouth of the Columbia or to go hang out in Astoria. There's just so much to do and see in this area. It, creepy elements to it, certainly. Um, but also very cool, very beautiful. You know, highly recommend this spot this time of year. For sure. The weather is almost always like an overcast, get some fog. Mm-hmm. It is spooky weather. That's right. Get yourself a cup of coffee, a bowl of clam chowder. Take a look at the uh, the waves and appreciate that you're not uh, being subsumed by them. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, folks, that will uh, do it for us today. Until next time, you can watch our videos on the Oregonians YouTube channel and view all of our travel and outdoors coverage on OregonLive.com/travel as well as hereisoregon.com.
please leave us a rating or review if you enjoy the show. And if you'd like to support this podcast as well as our local journalism, please consider a subscription to Oregon Live. You can find details at OregonLive.com slash pod support. Also, if you're a fan of the show and you're interested in potentially sponsoring it, you can get in touch with our marketing people at advertise at Oregonian.com. This episode of the show was produced by me, Vicki Connor, alongside Jamie Stay safe and happy travels, everyone. Until next time, we leave you with this 10 seconds of Zen.